Welcome to the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast with Michael Lafito, where top luxury agents reveal their best practices, plus interviews with real estate industry influencers, thought leaders, and luxury marketing experts. You'll come away from each episode with new strategies and tactics to dominate high-end homes in any market. And now for the latest episode of Luxury Listing Specialist, here's your host, luxury real estate expert, coach, and trainer, Michael Lafito. Welcome back to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. You're listening to the right podcast if you're a newer agent or you're a seasoned veteran, whether you're with a boutique, brokerage, or you're with a big-time franchise or something for everybody. And just like on previous podcast. We're always looking to fill voids, bring in different speakers, whether they be a top luxury agent, newer luxury agent, a seasoned veteran, or sometimes a strategic partner that can help take your business to the next level. And today's guest is 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 kind of unique and different. First time I've had him on, I've seen him present at various conferences from who's who in luxury real estate. Uh, him and I spoke at a Better Homes and Garden mid-year conference about a year ago. And then just literally at the time of uh, recording this, in September of 2022, him and I spoke at the Alliance, the LGBTQ Alliance Conference out in Vegas. It was a great event. And uh, and so I'm just, every time I hear him, I'm, I'm impressed and inspired. And he says a lot of things that I believe as well. And and so without further ado, I want to bring on my, I consider him a friend, even though we're just kind of buddies in the industry. But Matthew, uh, I want to make sure uh, we give you the props. So tell everybody a little bit about you, your background. And and I know today with COVID, you're doing a little bit more coaching, but tell everybody about who you are, where you came from, and uh, welcome to our show. Well, thanks for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. And uh, I definitely do consider you a friend. So I'm glad that we have a chance to spend a little time here together. Uh, the short story bio, I guess, is 32 years ago, I was um, I had completed my degree in philosophy and was getting a degree in uh, economics. And I sat next to a woman who turned to me one day and said, you know what, man, you can talk an awful lot. You should be in real estate. And uh, she actually became uh, she was a real estate broker. She became a, a great friend, taught me a lot about this business, uh, also was both a, a client as well as a mentor to me in many ways. And uh, one of the areas that I really enjoyed about the being in the real estate industry was professional development. And I was also, I guess, too young to know that you weren't supposed to go to classes. You know, I, I, I loved classes. I loved learning from the people around me. And then, of course, I loved going back and sharing it with others, with with friends, with other colleagues, et cetera. And that's what got me into professional development. And since then, I have uh, been to 49 states uh, and 30, 31 countries where I've had a chance wow. to share and also learn from from other brokers as well and some other you know iterations along the way. But mostly it's been in professional development. It has been um, also in some technology aspects. We ran the largest help desk in real estate for about 10 years in the middle of the aughts. Um, and then I have spent the last 12 years or so really focusing on two tracks leadership development. So we do an awful lot with uh, upper end C-suite directors, presidents, um, uh, managers, and uh, working also in the area of personal growth and personal development. Because one thing my mentor taught me many, many years ago 
is that if I want things to get better, I have got to work on myself, right? It's not just waiting for the market to get better, waiting for the right conditions, the right combination of interest rates and inflation and everything else. Um, I have to constantly be sharpening my saw. And in fact, in the last few years, you know, I've had to go from traveling to do 30, 40, 50 live events around the world to doing 200 or 300 virtual events, as well as 20 or 30 or 40 live events around the world. So even now I'm continuously in investing in myself and uh, improving my skills. Uh, what What is kind of funny is that, of course, now teaching online takes me back to what I was doing before I got into this business, which I actually used to do some talk radio at nights before mm. I, I got into this. Business. So it's almost like full circle in a lot of different <laughs> ways. And uh, but it's been a tremendous journey. This is a fabulous business we are in. The people that we work with are, you know, amazing. And so far as they're entrepreneurial and committed and you know, give 110% uh, for those who are really doing this professionally. So to me, I'm motivated by going to work and I'm motivated to, to help others be motivated at work. So just really a fun, you know, I, I really stumbled upon the best career, I say. <laughs> well, I, I uh, too uh, enjoy inspiring, educating, being around other agents and being a sponge, right? We can learn from, from each other. And uh, the reason I have you on as a guest today is, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now, or at least the media is pushing that, right? Recession, midterms, inflation, you, you know, rates around 7% a year ago, they were at 3%, right? So all this, you know, I do believe that we can have a backdraft, right? Uh, where momentum in a positive way, rates are low, consumer confidence high, and the opposite of that is, is, is kind of a, a, a you know, you're going into the wind a little bit and there's some downward pressure and and that's what the media is really pushing. I tell agents all the time, I believe life is what drives real estate, man. You know, somebody's getting married, somebody's relocating, somebody got that promotion, somebody got fired. Unfortunately, somebody's getting divorced, somebody's got a growing family and life is what drives real estate. Not what the interest rates are, who the president is, what's happening in Europe, but, but those can be uh, definitely some downward pressures. And so, you know, I wanted you to be on because as we're into November and we're coming on to 2023, it's it's weird saying that, but we're almost into 2023 and agents are, are goal setting. They're working on their business plans or what they can cut away maybe from marketing budget and what they should add more of. You know, I want you to talk to us a little bit about, you know, I'm a big believer. You hang out with nine overachievers, you're bound to be the 10th. So t tell me a little bit about, you know, what do you do? What are you talking to these C-level executives? Because I, I think they're worried about churn. They're worried about agents leaving their brokerage for that help you sell flat rate company because, you know, the, the split's better or they don't have to pay whatever. So what what messages <laughs> do you have for our audience that that maybe have some uncertainty. Maybe this is their first turbulent time because they got licensed after the 2008 meltdown. <laughs> you know, those are all great questions. So let me actually pick up on something you said. If you hang out with nine great people, you're likely to be the 10th great person, right? That's also true of your thoughts every day. So if you ingest 10 woe is me thoughts, you're gonna have the 11th one, right? So I really hope that people who are listening to your podcast and and other great sources out there look around and, and remind themselves that 
you know, it's not as bad as we might accidentally lead ourselves or be led uh, to believe. And, and, and the reason for that is twofold. First of all, let's back up for a moment. We are a business that occurs at the corner of life and change, right? So real estate classically is just as you described. People are moving not because of what they get but of who they are becoming. They're not moving because they're getting a great rate, because it's a good price, because they're getting two sinks in the bathroom or something like that. They're moving because of who they're becoming, the next chapter of themselves or their family or their community or whatever that happens to be. And that's never gonna stop, right? So there's still gonna be plenty of people whose lives are growing and they'll be in this market. Now, whether we do 6 million sales or 5 million sales, 5 million sales or four and a half or seven and a half, that number is irrelevant because the percentage that you need is such a tiny amount that there's plenty to go around, right? Each one of us, there's more than enough deals to go around. And by the way, if we do 5 million sales in 2022, that's the same number we did in 19, 18, 17, 16, and 14. So those were years in which no one was complaining, in which people were practicing in, with rates between four and 6%, and they were able to make great outcomes for their customers, their clients, and themselves. So again, I'm trying to just put some things in some perspective here, if you will, the the outlier was 20 and 21, not what we're experiencing right now. That, that's number one. Number two, the thing that I always think about is our job by definition is turning uncertainty into calculated risk. That's what we do. So, so it doesn't matter what the uncertainty was. If the uncertainty right now is prices falling or interest rates rising, we'll show people how to turn that into a calculated risk and move on with their lives. If the uncertainty was the pandemic, we'll show people how to deal with those circumstances. And we sold more homes during the pandemic than at any time in the last 20 years. And I could do this over and over again for any set of circumstances. By definition, what we do in sales, and specifically in real estate sales, is we take people who have um, potential for growth, but they have a hesitation. Should we sell? Should we sell now or in the spring? Should we sell before the holidays or after the holidays? Should we ask for more? Should we ask for That's all uncertainty. And we bring our knowledge and our experience and our tools and our systems and our support and our management, our colleagues, and we say, here's a potential plan or two plans or three plans or four plans of calculated risk to help you sell. Or if it's the buyer, it's the same thing. Should I offer this or that? Should we buy now or later? Should we wait or should we rent? The bottom line is that's all uncertainty. So I guess my opening message for everybody is this is your job. <laughs> and you, if you have are doing this job well, if you're committed to it, which I believe is probably your listeners, Michael, this is what you're designed for. You're trained for, you're prepared for, you're supported for, you're resourced for, you have the companies behind you, you have the networks through out to engage with. So the bottom line is like, I don't think anyone should be freaked out at all. They should wake up every day, look in the mirror and say, if not me, then who? Who is the qualified person? If it is not your audience, if it's not us, to be able to help buyers and sellers and investors and appraisers and everybody in this business, everybody who touches this business, if it's not us who's there to help them, I don't know who it's going to be. And so I'm actually quite um, enthusiastic, quite bullish, if you will, about circumstances like this, because as uncertainty rises, 
the need for experienced professional help rises. And so I believe we're going to be in more demands than ever before. And to be quite frank, to be very transparent, I believe we're going to earn more than ever before as well, because when uncertainty rises, people are not looking for a discount. They're looking for an outcome and great outcomes require the appropriate amount of compensation. And so in my mind, it's different but it's not difficult. Those are two different things. It's different, but anybody who is worried about selling in the 7% interest environment has got to talk to some people. Talk to your manager, talk to some colleagues who've been around for a while. Anybody who's worried about making a great living with 5 million sales has got to talk to some other people, has got to get into some training classes. And I could just you know, go down the list of every concern that we believe we have, but we know how to do this. And we are actually not in a declining market, we are in a normalizing market. And the normal market is what we're, we, we've built a beautiful industry to handle and we should really have less fear. Um, the only fear that we should have is that we psych ourselves out or that we let ourselves get psyched out by, you know, some naysayers out there who's, you know, really their interest isn't our best interest. They're just trying to maybe sell some newspaper headlines or something. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I saw something uh, recently on a social media platform that talked about the pros versus the cons of buying a home in the current market. And the list of the pros were, you know, seller paid closing costs, seller paid buy down, seller paid repairs, seller paid improvements price negotiating, pay less than asking price, no need to waive appraisal, appraiser nego appraisal negotiation, no need to waive inspection, inspection negotiation, time to think, contingency contracts, first time home buyers, no escalation clauses, and longer contract to close. And the cons of buying a home in the current market was higher interest rate, you know? So the, the point is, you know, what you focus on expands, right? I think that's absolutely true. And, you know, there's also another phrase that's going around that might actually go nicely with what, what you just described, which are all those wonderful, wonderful pros and that one little con. But this is an old phrase. It's been around longer than me, which is, look, you marry the home, but you date the rate, right? So mm -hmm. let's be honest. Very few people live the full 30 years in their homes. Even the average, which has gone up, is barely over 11 or 12 years in their homes. And secondly, during that time, everybody finances like everybody refinances and so as a result you know you might come in at seven today and in four years you'll refi at four and you might get another stab at a two percent refi but even if you didn't four if you are getting great advice from your real estate professional and you are you know you're what i like to say level-headed about your ability to earn and spend mm -hmm. you know you're not punching above your weight in that case then somewhere between four and seven is actually the historical norm. And would it be wonderful if you get to 2% again? Well, the truth is, you know, that might not actually be in your best interest because 2% sparked a massive price run up. So you get a low rate on a massive price run up. So look, it, it all comes out in the wash. Here's what we've always said in this business uh, to clients, which is let's find the house that fits your needs, right? And then we'll get some of your wants and let's make sure that you can afford it without 
obviously having to worry month to month or quarter to quarter because it's supposed to be your home. It shouldn't be a stressful place for you. So, you know, yes, I I love that list. I think that list is actually a big set of positives. And I would just go one step further and I would just say to real estate professionals, in addition to all those wonderful things that are great for buyers, those are also great for sellers as well because, you know, eight out of 10 sellers are gonna go on to buy again. And so in the same way that they might feel like, oh, well, the market has turned on them it's actually also turning for them as they go in the next so it really is 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 going to be fine for everybody yeah oh some really good points so uh curiosity question for you right i mean you're motivating others you're giving plans and 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 helping these c-level executives and you're doing some coaching what what do you do to remain positive what do you do you know, I, I call it the mindset is, is 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 huge, right? It's like it's its own muscle, your brain. Like, what are you feeding it? You know, I'll say to an audience, any audience, and, and I'll tell you the answer. I'll say to an audience, garbage in, garbage, and they all say garbage out. And <laughs> and I say, no, garbage in, garbage stays. What you feed your brain stays. Are you feeding it doom and gloom? Are you and and so what do you do to make sure garbage isn't coming in and and you know, positive, optimistic, you know, glasses half full. What what do what do you do? Well, for me, the most helpful thing uh, throughout my career, and 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 this goes like way beyond just today's turn. And I've been through a few different turns, way beyond just COVID, uh, for example. Uh, you know, I I try to remind myself that it really is the start to the day that lines up all the rest of my outcomes. And so I have a really, um, uh, I would say, uh, strong uh, morning routine. And my morning routine, I try to get up every morning and, and follow some pattern of this routine. So I begin every morning, you know, by trying to just think of one good thing that's happened to me in the last two, three days, right? It doesn't have to be huge, but just refreshing myself with an an idea or a memory of something good that's happened. So I continuously recognize there's good things going on to me and around me. Then I try to set an intention for the day. My mentor used to say to me all the time, you know, you need to be able to think about the end of the day at the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, you want to be able to say, today was the kind of day when, and finish that sentence with something that you will be happy with. You know, it doesn't have, you don't have to change the universe. You don't have to fix the economy. You don't have to, you know, correct the industry. You just, today was the kind of day when, and it could be as simple as, I worked, you know, calmly and effectively and enjoyed my output. Or today was the kind of day when I delighted a prospect or had a conversation with a colleague or, you know, whatever those things were. But the idea is I try to start with strong intentions every single morning. So first, see good things around me, start with some strong intentions. Now, I have some fun routines that I do. I try to listen to some really positive music or some recordings in the morning of other like other great speakers who like get me ramped up. Uh, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, uh, you know, some of these classic guys and gals. Uh, so that always helps. And then honestly, I'll tell you the funniest thing that I try to tell salespeople all the time. Nothing gets me more excited than actually talking to my clients. And so if I want to get really positive every single morning, I don't read the news. I don't read the headlines. I don't you know, do that. I actually prospect by actually calling, doing my job, right? And calling clients. And by the way, I don't have 
prospective clients and I don't have past clients. I just have clients. If I care about them, it doesn't matter if they haven't paid me for five years. I don't call them past clients. They're still just clients. And it doesn't matter if they might pay me two years from now as prospective. They're just, I'm already treating them as clients. So prospecting to me is just the act of calling people that I know and love and hopefully they know and love me. And just by talking to them, I get all jazzed up. And I think that, you know, it's a funny thing. If you can be in a career where doing your job, like prospecting is your job, gets you energized uh, for the day. And, you know, I'm not calling to sell. I honestly just call and just, I, I ask simple questions. What's up? How are things going? How's your day? And then I just let them talk me into a good mood. And mm-hmm. almost half the time, they also talk me into some new project. They'll also say, it's so cool that you called because I was just thinking. And again, off to the races we go. So, you know, I think it's little things that can fuel up our energy every single day. Positive mindset, notice the good around you, set your intentions, and honestly, talk to the people you're supposed to be talking to anyways. And that should ramp up your uh, your uh, attitude, your enthusiasm for doing your job. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... That's good. Is there anything when you're talking to these C-level executives, you're talking to big influencers about 2023, um, you know, changing uh, the topic a little bit, anything proactive that agents should be doing now to prepare themselves in case there's a shift? I mean, you know, of course, video is really big. I'm a big, you know, having a YouTube channel, creating content, you know, educational material for buyers and sellers and, and market updates. Um, what recommendations or what are you hearing, I should say, and what recommendations do you have as agents are planning their 2023 uh, to to stay top of mind awareness to their clients, the past yeah. clients and current yeah. clients, as you call them, clients? Clients, exactly. So I think the first thing that I hear a lot and I try to share a lot. So, you know, I'm, I'm so in sync with my clients that sometimes when I call, you know, they're saying what I would be suggesting to them anyways, which is a great a great sign. But here's the here's the things I'm hearing a lot and saying a lot. Number one, I think we have to do a little uh, inventory, a little dusting off, if you will, of some things that might have gotten rusty. So for those of us been around for a while, some things might have gotten rusty over the past couple of years, like uh, negotiating or creating a win-win outcome for all the parties, concessions, price reductions, even listing presentations might have got a little rusty. Uh, Marketing techniques like using YouTube, like you said, doing staging, handling effective open houses and showings. Those things might have gotten rusty when we only needed five hours to get 50 uh, full price bids or overpriced bids, right? Right, So I think we need to do like a little inventory, a little dusting off. Where did I get a little rusty and I need to do some rehearsal and some practice? And the fall and the the holidays are a good time to, you know, retrain, repractice, get get going again. Now, there are some of us that I totally uh, uh, am aware that there's a chunk, maybe two to 300,000 real estate professionals who never actually did that as primary learning because they entered the business when it was so crazy go 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 over the past 30 months that um you know they never really learned a lot of those skills so for them it's time to take those classes look to your broker look to your board of realtors make sure that you're you're getting those um those classes under your belt so the essentials have never gone away i think they're back and need to either be learned for the first time or or dusted off now that that'd be number one number two is i think that this is the opportunity for us to show what we've learned over the past two years. Uh, So like, let's not just 
forget everything that we did during one of the much more challenging market circumstances, which is when they you know, shut the economy down in March of 2020. And many realtors just couldn't even go in person anywhere. What did we learn to do? Video. We learned to do distance showings, distant open houses, Zooms for listing presentations, negotiating by Zoom, uh, prospecting by Zoom, holding, you know, uh, buyer webinars and seller webinars, things like that. I think now, again, make sure that those skills don't atrophy. But for some people, those are things that were considered like emergency things. Now they need to become normal. Now you need to just say, well, of course, every open house is also simulcast by video. Of course, if you can't make it in person, I'll drop in and do a video showing for you at a distance. Of course, my first pre-listing meeting is done by Zoom, and then I'll drop in and have the full listing presentation with you, right? So, you know, those kinds of things that we did during emergent circumstances now can become the norm. So there is a lot of skills and technologies, even to be honest, with you getting your database in shape you know when when the last two years when it was not when we weren't even sure when we were going to be able to get back to the office those people who already had their database in the cloud already had their follow-up systems automated in the cloud they were using powerful systems for automatic marketing follow-up and staying in contact with their sphere of influence they just kept going. They logged in from home and it was a no brainer for them. It didn't matter whether they had their smartphone or office computer mm -hmm. to be able to work. So again, I think this is maybe even a, a wake up call for some skills and techniques and tools and also a reminder that we've already learned everything we need to know. I don't know anyone who shouldn't have access to every system and tool that they could imagine to be successful. Now the question is, do they have the will, the motivation to make sure that those are as good as they need to be to service their clients and to create the growth that they deserve? You know, you brought up the database and cleaning up your database. I, I, I a good comparison to a database is going up in your attic and organizing your attic, right? It's something that you really don't want to do on a nice day out. It's too nice. Why am I going to go in the attic on a gloomy day? I don't want to go in the attic it's, and clean up. Nobody likes organizing old boxes, but it's, it's, it's imperative, you know, to get your ducks in a row and clean up your database. You know, I, I don't know how you segment yours. I'm a big ABC guy, you know, A being, you know, you touch more often, B, you know, they'll, they'll send you a deal to see everybody else. And, you know, I, you know, I, I don't believe you touch everybody as frequently and, and, and the quality of touches might be different. Uh, love your take on that. So uh, there's two things about my database that have always kept me sane and motivated to manage it. The first is this. My database is not gigantic. It is approximately 350 to 400 people who will help me for, they have helped me and will help me for my entire career. So there's a difference between a mailing database with 10,000, 15,000 people in it. I don't want to sit around and manage a bunch of people. I don't know either, right? But I'm motivated excuse me, I'm motivated to uh, work with my database because it's 400 people that I love. Mm -hmm. And so going in and maybe cleaning it up, double checking that I've got their latest email address or just even reminding myself of what we talked about the last time. And as I do that, firing off a quick email to them saying, thinking of you today, Michael, hope you're having a good day, right? And then just continuing to clean and organize and maybe sorting it into the make sure I talk to once a month, make sure I talk to once a quarter, make sure I talk to twice a 
a year type of groupings. That's mm-hmm. your ABCs. I think that's fine. But don't psych yourself out. Your database needs to be a couple of hundred people. Look, even if I do 50 sales a year mm-hmm. out of a database of 300, I've got six times my my formula there, if you will. Right. So, right. so that kind of helps. And then the Good. second thing that I do is this. I try to make sure that if I'm organizing my database, I'm communicating as I go. So I'm just a big fan of I organize for 20 minutes every day. So for 20 minutes every day, I'll go in and I reach out to three people in my database. And reaching out is the process of also organizing. Are they in the right category? Did I write any notes? What was the last time I talked to them? Have I gone to their Facebook page and seen what's going on in their lives and made a note of it? Oh, they got a new car. Oh, they got a new puppy. Oh, they have a new baby. I don't know what, but one of those three things means they either got a raise, (laughs) they need a bigger yard, or they need a bigger house, right? All related to real estate. So I can actually maintain my database purposely every single day while communicating. And now it's less of, I've got to go in the attic this weekend and do this for eight hours, which is really good way not to do it as opposed to, well, I'm having a cup of coffee. By the time this coffee cup is empty, I will have organized and communicated at the same time. Uh, Killing two birds with one stone, being more efficient. You know, that's one thing we teach agents work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Where can people find out more information on you, uh, where to follow you? T- tell us tell us that, if you would, Matt. Matthew. Well, it's generally pretty easy. So MatthewFerrara.com is obviously the place where you can find pretty much everything and anything. On Facebook, uh, I would uh, say look for my personal page. My business page doesn't get a lot of traction. I just hang out with me and my friends, uh, and uh, that's actually Facebook.com slash philosopher Ferrara because my got my degree in philosophy so I might as well use that and then um, if you would like to uh, uh, follow me on Instagram I'm Matthew Ferrara one the number one uh, where a lot of photographs from my travels and things and my general observations on life and stuff are are done there it's a little bit less real estate intensive but it's just it's just me you know yeah. just more me I mean that's one thing that I I, I really I mean you're a good storyteller. And when I say that, I'm not saying make up stories. I'm talking about the philosopher side of things, you know, uh, appreciating little things. You know, I've, I've posted several various stories where, you know, just day to day things where you take the time and talk to somebody and there's a backstory. We all have our story. And uh, that's one thing I just want to let you know that I appreciate about you is, uh, you know, you're, you're in tune and, and, uh, you know, the respect that uh, you, you give to people. And and uh, I appreciate that. Well, wonderful. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to share any ideas that might be helpful uh, to your audience. I know that if they've been listening to you, I know they've been getting great ideas with every one of your episodes for sure. And I think the thing that I would just maybe leave everyone with is this. Uh, bottom line is, if not you, then who? You are the person we need right now more than ever to make sure that uh, things can go well. And if it's only for the few people in your sphere of influence, just remember that's enough. Everybody does their few and we will have done many all together. So thanks great, for having great me Great advice. Matthew Ferrara, thank you. Uh, great advice. Always uh, good to talk to you. I appreciate you. My pleasure, Michael. Thanks so much. All right, everybody else, we're listening to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist podcast. Feel free to tune in on previous episodes. We've had some really good ones and uh, scroll through. And if you're getting value from this episode or a previous episode, please leave us a like, leave us a review, iTunes, Stitcher, 
uh, Spotify, you name it. You can find it anywhere. We'd greatly appreciate it. Our guests aren't paid. I'm not paid. We're trying to raise the bar and bring value to the industry. And the best way you can thank us is uh, give us a five-star review if we've earned it. And if you have somebody that you'd like to uh, nominate or feature on our podcast, shoot me an email, michael at marketingluxurygroup.com, michael at marketingluxurygroup. And the last thing I'll leave you with is our our sixth in-person luxury designation training is going to be in Houston. The Houston Association of Realtors is hosting it. It's November 15th. We're offering a virtual option, but it's in-person. Uh, we have uh, sponsorships, so the costs are down. All the details can be found at LuxuryDesignation.com, LuxuryDesignation.com. And don't forget, each Friday, 11 a.m. Central, uh, noon Eastern, we have our live stream called Luxury Fridays, where you can go to LuxuryFridays.com or go to our YouTube channel, Marketing Luxury Group. Hit that red subscribe and you'll be notified when we plan to go live. We bring on various guests on live streams and you can ask me anything in real time on our Luxury Fridays. I'm your host, Michael Lafito. Appreciate you guys listening. Until next time, you're listening to another episode of the Luxury Listing Specialist Podcast. Make it a great day and prove others wrong.